From the heart of Kansas City, it's time for Real Hooligans. Here's your host, Tim English. All right. All right, hooligans, assemble. It's that time, David. What's up, brother? Taking the show on the road today. We are. We have a crazy-ass episode of Real Hooligans coming your way. Um, We're going to kind of play with sound here because we are uh, at the Screenland Armor Movie Theater, and there's a lot going on. we got people playing pinball and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Shows are about to start. Uh, But this is absolutely our in-game moment here, man. This is, if you've been listening to our show for three years, this is is the payoff of... uh, (laughs) Of listening, to be honest with you. You've listened to us babble about ridiculous-ass superhero movies for three years. Well, today we're going to crown a champion. Uh, The best comic book superhero movie ever. Ever. And I'm sure there's going to be an asterisk because we'll have, you know... I'm, I'm plenty re- of. Uh, I'm looking at all these faces, opinions. staring oh, at us, and I just can't wait to have some arguments. This oh, is going to be. This is going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. So, let's start with our panel real quick, and I think we are expecting a couple others to come in who might be here in a little bit. So we'll work them into maybe another round. So let's start with. Uh, directly to your left. Yeah, let's start directly to our left, Mr. Chris Deffenbaugh. Hey, guys. Welcome back, dude. How's it going? It's good. It's Thanks for having me back. Uh, Def, you've been on the, the show a few times. It's been a minute, but yeah. Your, uh, your knowledge of the comic book universe is invaluable, so... I'm happy to provide that yeah, for you guys. Yeah, I'm also puffing you up here. Well, I, <laughs> I need it. I love it. you, man. It's, it's, I need that. It's great to have you back, dude. All right. Um, next to him, we got Mr. C.J. Backus. How you doing, CJ? Good to see you. Welcome back, CJ, from the Below Freezing podcast. We've also got his his partner in crime, Micah, here, who we'll meet in just a moment. Uh, What's up, CJ? Uh, I'm here to uh, talk about wigs. I'm here to uh, pick a bone. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm here to, to pick a bone because... My super ex-girlfriend is not on this list. Damn it, Dan. And see, that's the other thing I'm waiting for is to be able to point out movies that I missed. Uh, how dare you? I know. No, I'm kidding. Uh, and, and, to, and to talk about some of these movies, because some of them are my favorite movies. So, All right. Well, a little power outage there. But uh, we're back. And obviously, if you're listening, you didn't know what the fuck just happened. But all right. Where were we? We were talking to CJ. Favorite movies. I said something about. Yeah. And some. Wait. Hold on. There we go. Okay, jeez. Yeah. And I said something about some not-so-great movies around this list. I like those, too. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of my jam. I think <laughs> that's the beauty of, uh, of when you have something like this, you know, whether it's a tournament like this, you know, even if you follow college basketball, there's always going to be someone in there that shouldn't be, someone missed out, and uh, everybody has different opinions about where they, where they seed, so... Yes. All right. Next to you, we got Mr. Michael Smith. Hi. Thanks for having me back. All right. Mike from Media Mics. All kinds of other... I'm here to bring my old man uh, knowledge. Uh, as the only one here, I'm pretty sure that saw the original Batman series first run. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'll be... Uh, yeah, that's a safe bet. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And then we got Micah. Micah, what's your last name? Hi, my last name is Black. Black, okay. Micah Black. Well, Micah, it's good to have you. 
Yeah, thank you for having I, me. I saw it in on your show with uh, CJ a couple weeks ago, and I screwed up your audio, and so we have, we have <laughs> no, to do it, it again. So It happens. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, I, I think you're not doing a podcast unless you've lost audio at some yeah, point. Yeah, unless you've lost at least one or two episodes. We've, we've like, had that happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All I can do is just nod in agreement. <laughs> Shit happens. The basement. Okay. Well, all right, let's explain a little bit how this is going to work. And then we're just going to get kind of right to it, all right? Unless everybody has anything else. Do we want to talk about Spider-Man 3 at all, or...? Spider-Man 3? No, two? not particularly. Two? Which one is it? How oh, fuck, I don't know. Spider- Far From Home? Spider-Man 2, 3. 2.3? Okay. 2, part 3? <laughs> Dude, it's the, it's the third Spider-Man 2 in my daughter's life. That's 16 years. It's too many. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go around the table real quick. Uh, Chris, what do you think of Spider-Man Far from home. Far from home. Uh, I liked it. I'm excited to see it again. There's right. a lot going on, and uh, I think it. I think it deserves a second viewing. Dissect Excellent. a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. CJ. Um, I did not very much enjoy Spider-Man: Far from Home. Okay. Uh, it was a little on the boring side for me. I liked the teen stuff. Sure. Uh, as I am uh, a a child of the Disney Channel. Uh, that kind of stuff gets me probably a little bit more than the punch em ups. Uh, but usually punch em ups do get me. So I was kind of surprised that I was sort of thoroughly un- uninterested in, in the proceedings. But I seem to be in the stark minority uh, for that. So uh, uh, sorry for anybody <laughs> who did like Spider Man Far From Home. Oh, uh, you don't have safe. to apologize. No way, <laughs> and that's what we're going to learn, especially talking through it. You know, these movies are also subjective. So. Uh, Michael, what did you think of Far From Home? I enjoyed it. Um, I also enjoyed uh, Homecoming. Um, I think it's the first time that Spider-Man that I grew up with from the comics is accurately portrayed on screen. I love the fact that he's a kid with kid problems. Sure. Yeah, that's that's how I feel about it. I really enjoyed it. I am extremely endeared by Tom Holland just yeah. generally, and I like his Spider-Man a lot. I like that he's young. I like that he's not like especially cool in the way that like Andrew Garfield was kind of too cool for school. Right. Um, I think he's a compelling screen presence. So I like him a lot. So I was probably gonna like it no matter what. Sure. Um, and I like Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio too. I think he did a great job. He's gonna take home his MCU check and go back to his indie films and never do another blockbuster again, probably. But, but I thought he was fun in this. Um, well, I thought he did a good job. Unless he's still alive. Uh, David Kane. Did you say what you thought? No, I don't think No, I haven't. We haven't even talked about it very much, you and I. So. We, we haven't really. Um, I mean, it was fun. I'll, I'll give it that. It was fun. I had a, I had a fun time. Um, it didn't do anything story-wise spectacular for me. I wasn't no. enthralled with where this went. Um, Mysterio's fishbowl is still stupid. I'm never going to <laughs> like the look of... And, and Mysterio's been around for how long? Forever. I mean, he looks cool. Uh, no. No, and they found a practical indeed. application for the they did. for they why worked, he's wearing a helmet. They worked it in well, but it's still a stupid helmet. I mean, <laughs> the, the reasoning behind it doesn't change that it still looks ridiculous. Um, the the ridiculous part for me was was when Peter's sitting on top of the building, kind of moping, and Mysterio kind of flies up, and he's hovering yeah. there talking to him with that. And my first thought was like, dude, take that ridiculous yeah, goddamn take thing it off. off. That's dumb. <laughs> Can um, I ask a question? Yes. Um, does anyone? 
besides me not really have a sort of thematic center of gravity surrounding this particular iteration of Spider-Man. Like, I enjoy Spider-Man Homecoming, and I, I thought this film was was fine, but I, uh, for some reason, they're, like, I'm not, I, I can't buy into it. Like, I was able to buy into, say, the Raimi Spider-Man, which are the Spider-Man movies that I grew up with. So that, that might have something to do with it. They also sort of lean, I mean, visually, because of some costuming stuff, these movies lean a little bit more Ditko, a little bit more Stanley. Yeah. But I think thematically, like a lot of people c- complain about Tobey Maguire crying all the time. Oh, but so when terrible. I was, but when I was reading Spider-Man comics, he was crying all the time. <laughs> so it, it, that always rang a little true to me yeah. personally. So I, I, that that's my major issue with this particular new iteration of Spider-Man. For me, this one was a better Peter Parker story than it was a Spider-Man story. I, I enjoyed the Peter Parker aspect of things, ghosting, um, Nick Fury. That, that's a teenage thing to do. Um, so that, for me, that was a, a more compelling side. The Spider-Man stuff was fun, don't get me wrong. It's always cool to see him swinging around, you know, doing some stuff, but eh, the Peter Parker part. It seemed like a middle chapter. Yeah, very it's much. It's a middle chapter. Yeah. Let's, let's see what's next. Yep, we'll see. All right. So you like Tom Holland then, David? Oh, I love Tom Holland. Yeah. I think he's the best Spider-Man of the Spider-Man. I do. I, I thought there were some parts, like, honestly, I thought some of the Mysterio action was kind of boring, especially with the stuff with the elementals. Um, I enjoyed, like, later when they really got into more of the Peter versus Mysterio kind of trippy sequences they got into because I thought that felt like it was straight from the comics, straight from um, even, you know, kind of got into some Spider-Verse kind of imagery, I thought, you know. Um, what about those after credit scenes? You guys have any opinions there? First the, one? The first one was was dope. It was cool. I mean, it's it had stakes. The second one, I, I'd like to know a bit more. I was like, okay, what's going on there that how long is how long have they been impersonating? Because Captain Marvel was a long time. I mean, it predates everything else. I, so I like, the, the second has this been a running gag? Like, jokes on us the whole time. Like, is Nick Fury just literally doing spa days every day? That explains where he's been for a while. <laughs> um, with the post-credit sequences, I thought the first one um, was interesting. I wish it had happened in the movie. Yeah. Um, uh, and the second one introduces an organization that is run by a very specific person that I want to be played by Julia Roberts. And if they can make that happen, <laughs> that would be great. All right, Michael? Thoughts on the after credit scenes? One more time? Thoughts on the after credit se- sequences? Oh, I thought they're, they're always worth waiting for. I liked... Uh, uh, I love the fact that J.K. Simmons was uh, J. Jonah Jameson. That was a great callback, um, yeah. He's just a perfect blustery guy. I'd like to have seen him uh, tackle Perry White. Who else are you going to get to play that part, though? Um, really? Yeah, that's true. Um, but I, I think it's set up um, whatever the next Spider-Man adventure. I, I'm going to guess the next Marvel uh, Marvel Cinematic and, Universe. And I, I mean, guess my, my question is, is, is it real or start? was that a... Was that an illusion? The multiverse? No, the, multiverse, the, the, I, no, the idea that they, Peter's identity was outed there. Oh, I was, think it's... Was that an illusion? Like, is Mysterio really gone? And I only ask because Jameson refers to him as the greatest superhero ever, which only Mysterio was doing. Because I'm just not sure even Jameson is going to 
jump shark on Iron Man at this point. And go, you know what I'm saying? So I just thought the fact he referred to him as the great was maybe a kind of a hint that it could be like another illusion here. I think it's also important to take into context the characterization of J. Jonah Jameson that they introduced with this movie. Uh, he is very much... Uh, his new occupation is very much based on sort of a real thing that's going on in the world yeah. right now. This is more like TMZ could do. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he is very much, and the trappings of that sequence are very much uh, the visual trappings of specific online commentators. Uh, and it, I think that the idea of him calling Mysterio the greatest superhero of our time and stuff like that, uh, it makes sense just because of sensationalism. Sensationalism, sure, exactly that. Yeah, all right. And it's consistent with the current storyline in in the Amazing Spider-Man run of comics. Okay. I mean, it's in recent years. J. Jonah's JJJ is he's he's a shock jock. You okay. know, he's he's lost some credibility. He's now knowingly kind of being a POS just to get you know upvotes and streams. So. Uh, um, that's also illustrated in the PS4 game. You know, he has the little point, yeah. sound boi- bites over, you know, swinging through New York. You're listening to a, a podcast of, of Jameson dogging on, on Spidey. So, you know, it yeah. certainly yeah. falls in line. It skews current. I'm just, like you guys said earlier, I, I think it's really cool they brought back JK. I mean, that's, that's a perfect choice, right? Yeah, absolutely. Not Rowling. Not, not, not the Harry Potter <laughs> author, obviously. I'm talking about Simmons. <laughs> yeah. My bad. Uh, Micah, did you have anything on, on this issue? Yeah, I, I liked them. I like like everybody else, I think I was excited to see J.K. Simmons. I thought that was really sure. fun. Um, I did... Um, I'm kind of with CJ that I wish they would have put the Kroll thing in the movie. Just because I thought the whole movie... I just thought that Fury was acting weird. Like, I didn't like think there's, that... Like, there's no way he would have believe Mysterio's bullshit story. Yeah, he wouldn't have believed Mysterio. He wouldn't have talked to Peter that way. Like, I don't think he would throw... I mean, like, Fury is all about, like, throwing everybody in when he needs them regardless of what their own personal needs are, but I still don't think he would do that to, like, a 15-year-old kid. I don't know. That seemed out of character for me, so I spent the whole movie thinking, why is Fury being so mean to Peter? (laughs) And, And kind of dumb. I mean, he was kind of, like, reactionary as opposed to... You know, what you we've normally seen. I get it's five years later, he's been gone, he's not sure how to adjust without his Avengers now and but still I was like and I, I even said like when Captain Marvel came out, I was like, That dude's gonna sim Nick Fury like soon and sooner rather than later. So it it was kind of a great surprise I thought, because he was that was such a fun character, Talos. It does recontextualize the what you thought of Nick Fury, because I had the same thought. I was like, Man, this feels off. Yeah. And that, and so that's part of why I'm saying I need to see it again is so I can kind of be like, oh, okay, like yeah. makes more sense. I see what they were doing. But to CJ's comment about the, the first stinger would have been a good part of the film. I think that was an audience in joke that we could have we could have lived with and, and it would have helped our appreciation of what they were doing. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, we're so trained to stick around for the in credit stuff. And, and by the cre- the credit sequence that I wanted to be in the movie was the the sort of reveal in the mid credits just because the the movie proper i like that it was so small because yeah. we just had avengers endgame and it was well, so well, large well at and the same so time it was trying to be epic yeah. but it really was a very small centered well, well i think that that's the correct track for the marvel cinematic universe to go at this point because we can't have 
you, I don't think you can reasonably go bigger than Endgame. Right. Uh, at, at least not as so soon after it. So the idea of sort of like hunkering back down, making things smaller, making sure. things more intimate and personal makes sense to me. I just wish I was a bit more invested in this version of Peter Parker. Brought it back down to the neighborhood level. It felt more neighborhood friendly Spider-Man as opposed to... says friendly neighborhood Spider-Man one more goddamn time. <laughs> friendly. Like, every, every time... Every single time he said it, I was just like, okay, sir, you're sticking aliens with your skewer <laughs> legs out of your back and stuff now, dude. You, you've been to space, bitch. All right. It was by accident. <laughs> All right. Well, here, let's get into let's get into our tournament. Let's do this. Let's do it. Uh, let's see. Where's mine? I'm ready to fight you bitches. All right. So here's a little bit how our, our uh, bracket worked. It's not, it's not very scientific. There, there, there was at all. There, there was research and discussion, but it really was, you know, as much as could happen over the internet and text. And David and I got together once, I think, and tried to kind of finalize everything. So here's how it works: over a hundred, about 160 movies ish were considered, and I'm excited to hear all the ones that I missed, even just from consideration. Um. We, we broke that down into 64 movies, so we're doing it kind of NCAA tournament style. Uh, split those into four uh, divisional kind of regions and uh, seeded each of those kind of 1 through 16, basically, is how we kind of did it. Yeah. And so what we're going to do as hooligans now, um, in just a few minutes, we're going to kind of go through each matchup and just vote. Yay or nay. I mean, we could put some, you know, some some matchups will elicit more discussion than others. Um, but that's the nature of the beast. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how it worked. We did this a few years ago, like right when we started the show with uh, sports movies. Do you remember that? That David? went well. Yeah, that was fun. What's up, Owen? Who's going to be the tiebreaker here, Tim? Well, we've got there's, five there's people here. Besides myself. So, so that makes six people, Tim. So if I don't vote, then there's five. Because if you remember on the sports movies, I was the tiebreaker. So are you, you going to be the tiebreaker this time then? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying if right at this point, if we have uh, Oh, so you're Chris just going to abstain on all of these. Yeah. Okay. I mean, well, I mean, I, I made the bracket so that way there's not any favoritism. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's... Um, okay. Excellent. All right. So is he getting drinks? I think he's getting drinks. Excellent. Sorry. So before I'll, I got a little bit more explained. So our four regions went out like this. It's the modern age, the golden age, the multiverse, and the cinematic universe. We chose four number one seeds. And the seeds that I, uh, I we, I kind of came up with were for the golden age. Well, let's start from the top. It was the Dark Knight. In 2008 is the overall, the overall number one. The overall number one seed. Uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier uh, is the two. 
That's the number one in the golden age. Uh, number one in the cinematic universe is Superman from 1978. And then we have uh, Spider-Man 2 in the modern age, which I still think is the best Spider-Man. Well, unless you count Spider-Verse, because this does not include animated movies. Yeah, we have to make that caveat. So another disclaimer. No animated movies are in this. I think we'll just do a separate thing someday, right? Yeah, I... There are enough to do it. Yeah. DC's going to dominate that one. Uh, words well, I never thought I'd say in public. That's a good thing, though. That's a good thing. It hurts my heart as a DC fan. It really does. Their animation is just well, far and away much better than their live action We're today to stuff. kind of represent DC because this is very Marvel heavy. So. Um, all right. Welcome back, Chris. Didn't mean to make you guys take a pause. No, we, we, no I've, been, we I've been explaining it. Good yeah. deal. You're good. Um, He's been telling everybody that I'm an alcoholic, right? um, We did discuss an intervention. I I figured we'd do some trivia kind of after each round, but if... um, What's your name, bud? Greg. Greg? No, I've got prizes to give out, so if nobody else shows up, I'm going to give you one. You're taking home five bags. You're on, Greg. (laughs) Maybe not not all of them, but... Pressure. All right, so let's start with um, David. Pick a pick a region to start with. Well, let's go backwards. Let's start with the um, fourth one seed. Okay. All right. So basically, what I'll do as moderator is I'll read the matchups, and then we'll kind of go. Let's see. Did this, we fight? This time we'll go left to right, and then we'll kind of go the other way. You, you just point. Good. So, all right, so number one seed in this region is Spider-Man 2, and it's going up against Spawn from 1997. Uh, Chris Duffenbaugh, let's see what you got. Yeah, no contest. Uh, I'm taking the number one seed on this one. No controversy here. Um, Spawn is, I just don't think it holds up, Uh, whereas Spider-Man 2 really improved on the form that it had kind of created. It it was, um, certainly there'd been superhero films intermittently leading up to to Spider-Man 1 and 02, but I think I think they really kind of uh, took the art form to the next level, and I think Spider-Man 2 is just really tight in terms of story. Um, I don't necessarily love the leads, the actors in this, um, Peter and, and MJ, but I think both of them were capable in this film. I, I really liked it. CJ? Uh, my bias is showing here. I consider Spider-Man 2 to be the greatest superhero movie of all time. All right. Uh, it is one of it, it is one of the few movies that have ever made me cry. I think that Spider-Man the the first one is is very good and very uh, sort of beholden to those original '60s uh, Stanley Steve Ditko comic books. However. Uh, I also think that it was just the perfect Spider-Man that we needed for sort of a post-9-11 America. And those movies are so warm and, and so uh, loving that I can't, uh, I can't in good conscience say that Spawn is any competition for it. Uh, but yeah, Spider-Man 2, man, just that train sequence alone. It's you know what? I, yeah, I watched Spider-Man 2 yesterday. That that scene yes. is just still so amazing. I mean, it also really feminist is a, icon Alfred Molina. Yeah, I mean, it's really a, yeah, one of the best, I think, hero moments in any of the superhero movies. Uh, Mike? I would also take uh, Spider-Man 2 on this. 
uh, mostly on uh, based on Alfred Molina and, and his performance. I've always enjoyed him as an actor, and I thought he brought he made you sympathetic yeah. uh, to a villain, which is very hard in a in a superhero movie. Agreed. Um, yeah, I'm picking Spider-Man 2 as well. Um, I'm going to be a bit of a chaos entity in this bracket, I think. Because Bring it on. <laughs> like, I love this already. <laughs> not intentionally. But like in this matchup, um, I haven't seen Spawn. So okay. I picked Spider-Man. And, that, and that's totally fine. <laughs> Don't pick what you think is the right answer. Just oh, tell me what you think. Is. I, I mean, absolutely yeah, you will go. not do that. <laughs> All right, David. I assume you're going to so, pick yeah, Spider-Man 2. I, uh, I don't like... Um, the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies very much. Um, I can't stand Tobey Maguire ever. Makes no sense to me I know. whatsoever. It's, like I said, chaos entity. I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> but I didn't pick it this time because I haven't seen Spawn. All so right. can't well, I can appreciate that. All right, well, Spider-Man's going to move on to the second round, David. I'm assuming that's what you've got. Yeah, I don't need to even need to weigh in. We know Spider-Man's moving. All right. Next matchup, matchup is Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the eight seed versus the nine seed Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, Deffenbaugh, what do you got? Yeah I, yeah, I appreciate Scott Pilgrim. I didn't, I didn't love it upon first viewing, but um, you know, I, I've read the books, some of the books. <laughs> I've seen the movie a handful of times. Uh, I don't think it compares to Edge of Tomorrow. I think Edge of Tomorrow, from uh, taking a complex time travel looping story. And executing it well on the screen, I think I think it's just a really designed film. I thought the I thought the writing was really good. Um, you know, I don't I don't ride for Tom Cruise necessarily. I do think he's a good actor. I I really liked him in this, and I don't say that a lot about uh, you know Tom Cruise. So uh, I'm definitely taking Edge of Tomorrow. I think that that's uh, I think for a nine seed, it can punch up. Okay, that's good. All right, CJ, what do you got? All right, I'm also going to go uh, Edge of Tomorrow. I enjoy Scott Pilgrim versus the World a lot. Uh, I think that it's great. I think that the comic is also really fun. It has a great vegan shepherd's pie recipe in there. But uh, Edge of Tomorrow is one anchored by Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise is a movie star for a reason. Uh, Emily Blunt is in there. I think that was really Emily Blunt's moment. Yeah. When that was a female-led movie, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Emily yeah. Blunt drove that film and made it what it was. Tom so. Cruise is more of uh, her puppet in this whole thing. You're going to go over here and you're going to do what I say. Yeah. You're going to follow my direction. Well, so well, well, I'll definitely. agree with you with that. Uh, and and uh, I think that they played off of each other very well. Um, the only issue I have with it is... Uh, the way monsters are designed in movies now, I really can't get behind. <laughs> but uh, Edge of Tomorrow definitely edges out Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which has a great cast and a lot of style, but not a lot behind that style. So, Mr. Smith? I'm going to be like, uh, my God, I did not see Scott Pilgrim, um, but I did see Edge of Tomorrow, and I agree that it was uh, really Emily Blunt's film. Um, and... Tom Cruise is a movie star just for a reason, because he, he seems to know, he's know the projects to pick nine times out of ten, so my vote would be for Edge of Tomorrow. All right, uh, Michael, right, what do you well, think? Here we go with my first one. I picked Scott Pilgrim, okay. I love that movie. <laughs> um, and I do think that Edge of Tomorrow is also a very good movie. I, I agree that it does, it does time travel really well. Um, and Scott Pilgrim is, or Scott Pilgrim is great in it. 
Tom Cruise is great in it. Emily Blunt is great in it. But I think I just saw Scott Pilgrim at the exact perfect time in my life to love it. I was... I, I think I saw it for the first time when I was in, like, early college... I was a scene kid back in the day, so I was like, oh my god, I want to be Ramona Flower. (laughs) I just really liked it. I liked how highly stylized it was. I thought the humor was great. Um, I liked the way it did the action sequences, and I just, I really, really love that film. And so I liked Edge of Tomorrow. I would re-watch it, probably. I think I've probably seen it a couple of times, like when my dad's been watching it on TBS or whatever, but I really would watch Scott Pilgrim again, like in a heartbeat anytime, because I love that movie. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's one of those movies, we were talking about 3D earlier. Scott Pilgrim was probably a movie that should have been in 3D, but never was. That would have been cool. I think that would have been a fun movie to see in 3D. When you talk about movies that would actually benefit from the effect Mm -hmm. of 3D, that would have been a lot of fun. Especially at that time, because not a lot of movies were in 3D, so to see something like that just popping out of the screen would have been Yeah, oh yeah, totally. See, I want to qualify my pick on this one because hearing you talk, I realize there's a lot to appreciate it about Scott Pilgrim. I, uh, that was a time and place film for me, kind of like you're saying, except I went on a bad date with somebody that I wouldn't be seeing a lot again. And so I can't disassociate one from the other. So, um, anyway, edge of tomorrow twice now. All right. (laughs) So David, uh, what do you got? I'm just, I mean, edge of tomorrow has this, but yeah. And I would have gone edge of tomorrow if my vote mattered. Um, so far it hasn't, it has not. I have been irrelevant (laughs) and I'm okay with that. Our guests deciding this for us. All right. So edge of tomorrow was fun. It was a great time, time travel movie. Um, I appreciate it. I watch it uh, probably more regularly than I should when it's on. Um, Scott Pilgrim for me is an interesting one. Um, I don't care for the story that Scott Pilgrim told it, it, didn't do anything for me, but the way that they put that movie together was just impressive to watch, um, and it's it's fun. I'll give it that, um, but not not enough to to knock Edge of Tomorrow off. Uh, Scott Pilgrim and Sunshine were the first movies I saw with Chris Evans right after he was announced as he was going to play Captain America. So, um, though I thought it was kind of an interesting, you know, and one movie handled his humor, and the other one handled his, you know ability to be serious and freeze. All right, speaking of Captain America, it's the number five seed in the next matchup going against Age of Ultron. So we got Marvel movies going yeah, beating up, head to Marvel's head. beating up on each other. Um, I actually just watched Age of Ultron today. Chris, what do you got? I got Civil War. Yep. Uh, it's just a hell that's of a, a film. It's a hell of a movie. Yeah, it's, I think it's, a, for me, it's highly rewatchable. Um, I own it, and sometimes I'll just put it on in the background because it's, there's not too many bad spots in that film to tune in and then tune out. And so it's a good one to pick up, but um, yeah, no, I think it's, it's the an Avengers film in all but name and it's, it's pretty terrific. CJ, you're up. Uh, this one was a hard one for me because I enjoy both of these movies very much. I think uh, Avengers age of Ultron gets a very bad rap. Uh, for being a very interesting movie. It has, I think, a very compelling villain. I uh, was not a Marvel person, but the Marvel comics I've read that uh, that have Ultron in them uh, are not really my favorite comics. And I thought this movie made Ultron interesting for me for for a lot of reasons, Uh, not least of which is that he kind of acts like Glory from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, James Spader, though. But the... And James Spader is yeah. uh, is is uh, pretty revelatory in it, but I have to say, uh, Captain America: Civil War, I think that it it has uh, some 
pacing issues and some tone issues, specifically towards the middle. Uh, but it uh, was very compelling. Yeah. It starts and it doesn't stop. And yeah. the end of it has something that I think the Marvel Cinematic Universe is sorely lacking for in a lot of places, a lot of places, which is consequences. The aftershocks of that movie uh, that came out in 2016 weren't really dealt with until this year. Right. So um, I think that uh, it's it's very interesting in that way. It is an Avengers movie in all but name, basically. Uh, but I, I really love what they've done with Chris Evans' Captain America. I think that he is a super compelling character. And... Um, I, I was sad to see him go this year. So. Yeah, absolutely. Michael, what's up? Um, I would uh, go the other way. I, I enjoyed them both very much. Um, but I liked the, the Avengers. I liked, I liked Ultron. I liked because it was kind of the beginning of, the, of the, the Avengers, of that group kind of infighting and not, not getting along and sure. disagreeing and, you know, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. A lot, um, of, it, a lot, of, a lot of what happens... That was, what, 2015 when that came out? So a lot of what happened for the next four years was set up in Ultron. Yes, exactly. And um, I enjoy, uh, no, I don't enjoy conflict, but I, I like when characters you don't expect to have conflict have conflict. Yeah. Because it makes them more, you're more emotionally invested in them. And, and who, uh, gee, you know, you got to follow Cap, you got to follow Iron Man. You know, then where's your allegiance at? So sure. that's why I would pick the Avengers. All right. Miss Micah. I, I'm going to go with Civil War on this one. I, right. I think, like everybody else, also really enjoyed both of these um, films a lot. There were some things that Age of Ultron did specifically and some character choices it made that I did not like, which is what edged um, Civil War out for me. The complete undoing of Iron Man's arc from Iron Man 3. Oh, th that, but also... <laughs> yeah. um, um, uh, I think I really think they did Black Widow dirty in Age of Ultron. I don't like what Joss Whedon did with her in that film. I thought a lot of her... Like, I liked the glimpses of her past that we got, but then they... I don't think they made sense for what the decisions they had her make in Ultron. Like, I don't... They were just there. Yeah, I don't think that the setup that they were giving us in those glimpses of her past made any sense with the choices that she ultimately made in the present in yeah, Ultron. I, I, I just didn't like what they did with her character at all. Um, whereas they didn't have any issues like that in um, Civil War. I think overall, I liked Civil War. I'm a bit of a Bucky stan, so any movie that has a lot of Bucky in it, I'm going to enjoy. And Wanda go. and Vision are my Marvel OTP, and I really enjoyed that <laughs> in... Civil War, so there, there were. I liked them both, but there was that one primary negative from Ultron that like didn't exist in Civil War. Like gotcha. I didn't have any problems like that with Civil War, so that's what edged it out for me. All right, David. Cap moves on. Good with that. Yeah, I'm fine with All Cap. Right. I will say that Ultron had one of my favorite individual scenes in in Marvel um, when they're all sitting around drinking at the party and they're talking about Thor's hammer and people are trying to pick it up and then Cap gives it a little wiggle and that look on Thor's face like what? Yeah, the best part of the Marvel cinema Cinematic Universe is the Avengers in repose. Yes. <laughs> like, that, I, I, I can never get enough of that stuff of them just hanging around. Yeah, Avengers 5 could just be everybody going yeah, to yeah. Atlantic City and I'd be good with it. I just want an Avengers sitcom. 
ultimately. Yeah. Like, just, we just need, give we me need friends, like, but with the Avengers. O- Ocean's 14, but with the Avengers, right? Yeah. Something like that. All right, next matchup is an interesting one because this kind of is where we uh, really debated on what the rules of our this one put it to the our test. tournament were because we have Wanted from 2008 versus Road to Perdition from 2002, Tom Hanks versus uh, McAvoy and Angelina Jolie, but these aren't necessarily like superhero movies. Um, but we determined that wanted they're kind of portrayed superhero-ish. You know, they have crazy powers. You know, they're able to manipulate bullets and stuff like that. And Road to Perdition, he uh, Hanks's character ultimately acts towards a hero towards the, you know as a hero towards the sun. So we threw it in there because it's just a fucking awesome movie. So Chris, you're up first. So yeah, I think this is a cool matchup. Uh, so both of these are based off of. Both of these films are based off of uh, comic books, yeah. roughly speaking, right? So uh, I like that these two are a little bit outside of the typical superhero film. Um, you know, ultimately, Wanted, I've seen it a couple of times. It doesn't talk to me. Like, what they're doing in that film, like, I'm just like, okay, you're bending bullets. Like, you're, you're breaking yourself out of wax. Like, I get that they're trying to establish something. I just never really got into it. Um, I, don't, I don't ride for Angelina Jolie, so maybe that's part of it. Um, it's not a bad film. It's just not... It's not something I'm going to seek out. Whereas, I think Road to Perdition is it was a very affecting film where I don't have to see it multiple times to remember how I felt when I saw it. You know, so uh, if it's a if it's a Hanks versus McAvoy, then you know I'm taking Hanks. Um, but I just think Soup to Nuts, Road to Perdition is a is a solid film with uh, a lot of really good actors. Um, it's Paul Newman's next to last role. I think his last role was in the. Uh, Pixar Cars film, which uh, you know, if I could have had my way, this would have been his last role because it was it was incredible. Uh, you know, the interplay between he and Daniel Craig, um, the relationship between Hanks and his son. Um, it, it, I think it's just a really solid film, and I, I you know, personally, I just like watching this matchup because it's I think it's a good bit of uh, counter programming. So I'm with Road to Perdition. CJ, what you got? This car slander, it will not stand. Um, okay, so uh, I have not seen Road to Perdition. I have seen Wanted. Now, Wanted is uh, the LSD-fueled fever dream of the guy Ed Norton is playing in Fight Club. I don't care right. for it. Uh, and it's, it's just so much, like, incel garbage. And I, So are you voting for a movie you have not seen just I so am. another movie loses? Be- I just want to be clear. Because I'm voting for well, that, and I, I am also voting for Road to Perdition because I know it has Tom Hanks in it, and Tom Hanks is uh, Tom Hanks. I can't argue with that. So uh, Road to Perdition from the guy who has not seen Road to Perdition. Okay. You defended it well. Uh, I'm fine with that. Well, I'm taking Road to Perdition, and the great thing is about Tom Hanks is that he's he's not Tom Hanks in this. He's a bad guy, and uh, that was a big uh, uh, big risk the studio took because you know to see Tom Hanks mowing people down with machine guns uh, probably wasn't the way uh, people expected to see him. Uh, I think Paul Newman was brilliant, uh, very early Daniel Craig, um, and I love the uh, the use of uh, of the camera the. Uh, uh, Spoiler alert. Um, it's Tom 15 Hanks, years old or 17, uh, it's 17 so, years old. We're good. Yes. <laughs> when Tom Hanks uh, goes to uh, 
kill somebody he's been looking for for a while, that one tracking shot coming out of the car into the hotel and then following him overhead down the hallway. Um, yeah, I just think it just resonates. Uh, Jude Law, also very good. Uh, the relationship with his son, very good. Um, it's one of those, um, like I said, it's, it's just unexpected. And, yeah, I wish, I kind of wish Paul Newman, as much as I liked him in Cars, I kind of wish he'd have gone out with this as his last <laughs> role because yeah. it would have really been a lot. I mean, resonate more, I think, with people that aren't really familiar with Paul Newman like we are. Yeah, I forgot about creepy Jude Law until you said something. He was so creepy. That was a great role for him. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it was there was a lot of get ta- like casting in, against type in this, and you're right. It's, it's Tom Hanks not being Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah look out. Good point. Point. Some, sometimes taking a risk pays off, right? Micah, what you got? Well, I have not seen either of these movies. So I'm going to pick Road to Perdition because Which, Tom well, Hanks is Well, since technically Road, Road to Perdition has already moved on with the 3-0 lead here, which one would you rather see based Honestly, on what you've so heard? Based on the descriptions that you guys have given, uh, it still stands. I think I would prefer to see Road to Perdition. It's an I, excellent Because I have never seen Tom Hanks as a villain, and that sounds incredibly it's interesting. interesting. Yeah. All of the people that you have listed that are in this movie like that sounds like a cast that I want to watch yeah. like yeah I want to watch Jude Law be creepy so um whereas something that has been um described as the fever dream of Ed Norton from Fight Club with incels hard pass I'm gonna take a hard pass on that <laughs> okay so. I can't wait to weigh in now is it my turn go for it okay uh let's be clear Road to Perdition is a better film it is it's just it's Better in every way. Um, I don't care. If I wake up on a Sunday morning and I've got free time and Road to Perdition is on and Wanted is on, I'm picking Wanted. I mean, FX is always going to have that movie. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It's there. Road to Perdition is a Shawshank Redemption, uh, a movie that you watch once and you absorb it and you process all of that and you move on with the rest of your life. You don't need to come back to it. Um, so I'll, I'll take bullets flying around all crazy and I'll take Morgan Freeman any day of the week. All right. Uh, fun fact, the kid in Road to Perdition is Tyler Hecklin. He plays Superman on Supergirl right now. Right. Yeah, all right. Right on. All right, next matchup. Deadpool 2 versus Batman. Come on, this can't be that hard. Can we just breeze through this? This, this one? is actually one of those where I was like, "How the hell did Deadpool two get in here?" Yeah, I don't know. You made you made this thing. How the hell <laughs> did see, Deadpool two get saying. in here? Even, even though something slipped through, I told Dave, I was like, I, "I don't agree with this," but fuck it, let's just move on. All right, so let's smoke this shit out of here. Batman versus Deadpool two. Go, Chris. Batman. Uh, Batman eighty nine has a soundtrack by Prince. Yeah. And it's great. Uh, there is a song called Bat Dance, and it is the greatest song in the history of American music. There you go. It is so good. Um, uh, no, but also Jack Nicholson is great in it as the Joker. Um, I, I Also, Tim Burton's Batman movies left a lasting impression on the design of Batman's world going forward in all media. Uh, so True. I think that that is really important and really cool. And Deadpool 2 is just more Deadpool, and I, it also gets docked a point because it wasn't called Deadpool Ellipsis again because that's what I wanted it to be called. <laughs> All right, Michael. Uh, definitely Batman. Uh, I was in the theater business when that came out, and that was easily one of the most anticipated films of the year. In fact, the theater chain that I worked for, uh, we would advertise uh, what time the trailers would start. So if you're going to see this, come see the Batman trailer at 508 
So, um, yeah, definitely. And um, if I could go back in time and make a casting suggestion, I would have liked to have seen Kurt Russell play Batman. He was up for it at the time, I remember. Yeah, yeah, Batman. I mean, I'm like a Batman girl from the beginning. I grew up watching, like, like my Batman, like, People always ask me, oh, who's your Batman? Is it George Clooney or Adam West or whoever? No one picks George Clooney. But um, <laughs> but honestly, mine is Kevin Conroy, who voiced the animated series. Amen. Yeah. That is my Batman. But I also do really love Michael Keaton's Batman. Um, it wasn't in this film. It was in the next one, I think. But the penguin um, scares me to this day. <laughs> That's like one of my OG right. fears is Danny DeVito as the penguin. But I also like this Joker. He's not my favorite iteration of the Joker, but this is obviously better than Deadpool 2. So, yeah. Batman. Batman. All right. Batman moves on. X-Men First Class versus Thor Ragnarok is next up. First Class from 2011, the kind of reboot to the X-Men, but wound they, up being less of a reboot. They just couldn't let go of the other movies, right. so they just never fully embraced, and that really, I think, has screwed everything. Not to not to affect anybody's opinions here, versus Thor Ragnarok, which kind of in, reinvigorated uh, or added some life into the Thor franchise. Go. Chris, you're up. I'm going. Uh, you know, I feel kind of bad for the, for the Gen 2 X-Men cast of, of McAvoy and Lawrence and all of those. I mean, not too bad in that I think some of them are only so-so actors and, and potentially overrated. Um, I'm not naming names. Uh, Oscar winners, though. Anyway, um, sorry. Is that going to be a controversial letter? I don't care. Um, it, you know, they're just all right. Like, I, I, I feel bad for this cast when you have uh, a film coming out in, say, competition with Endgame, and it's like nobody's celebrating you. And I think the reason for that is that they're, they're serviceable but not not amazing. I don't think a lot of people are like, oh my God, like this is, this is the, um, the group of actors or, or this is the story that really sort of defines superhero films right now. Uh, whereas I think Thor Ragnarok had a pretty steep hill to climb, which was after two Thor films that were in a certain vein of being more classical. And I mean, hell, the first one was directed by Kenneth Branagh. I mean, it was very, it was very traditional Norse gods yeah. where they took it and they made it fun and and like awesomely weird and it worked I think from top to bottom it was hilarious Taika Waititi did a great job um, it was just really creative and it, and it stood out in a, a lineage of films that were already just amazing you know so I think that it could do something different that it could do something different and and um, unique is is just a testament to what a great film Thor Ragnarok is. In fact, I think at a, at a six seed, it might be it might be kind of low, but uh, we'll see. Maybe that's favorable to it in, in future matchups. Yeah. CJ. There are a million X Men movies, and only two of them are good. Um, I and with the X Men First Class, it it's one of the ones that I consider good, but it's not great, and they. They had the uphill climb of trying to immediately follow Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, these sort of uh, these great iconic actors sure. uh, with James McAvoy, who is a good actor, but isn't a terribly compelling screen presence all the time. And uh, Michael Fassbender, whose lasting cultural impact on the world is his dick. So 
I, I there's there's just not a lot there. Um, whereas Thor Ragnarok is one of the most interesting movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I will tell you why. Uh, because the Thor movies, as they stand, people generally just kind of thought they were okay to not that great. And Thor got most of his appeal from the Avengers movies. That's when he had the best wigs. That's when he had the best lines. And... What Taika Waititi did is he came in and he systematically decimated every single thing that people didn't like about the Thor movies, except for Chris Hemsworth, because that was the only thing that people really liked about the Thor movies. And I thought that that was really brave and way more risky than I thought the Marvel Studios would ever go. And it turned out to be great. Uh, Sony took the wrong lesson from it, thinking that, uh, that... the movie was successful because of the chemistry between Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth. They were wrong. Uh, But uh, the movie is great in spite of that. And in terms of, uh, but I guess X-Men first class kind of wins because, you know, it'd be cool to see Michael Fassbender and James McAvoy smooch more than it would be. So what's uh, your vote? The other ones. Sorry about that. Uh, it is Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Apologies. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure if you switched your vote at the end there. Uh, Michael. I did not see Ragnarok. Uh-oh. Though I did see the second Thor and did not like it. Okay. So. Um, Going first class on this with X, X-Men just for. Uh, Ooh, controversy. Michael Shaking it up. I like That's it. right. Well, yeah, I'm bringing it. I like, to, bring I like it. to be the odd man out. Michael, what's up? X-Men first class is fine. I loved Thor Ragnarok. It is one of my favorite MCU movies. It is like I want Taika Waititi to direct like all, all the things. <laughs> Just give him all of the projects. He's I love his other stuff too. I think What We Do in the Shadows is one of the funniest movies that I've ever seen. I so I loved his energy in this. I am so grateful to him that we are now letting Chris Hemsworth be funny. Um not that this is the only thing that people have let him be funny in, but I think the MCU in particular was like, oh yeah, we can we can let Thor be funny instead of just fish out of sure. water. I think that shot with uh, Valkyrie strutting down a rainbow bridge in armor with a sword while that song plays is like one of my favorite shots in all of the MCU. I think it's brilliant. I'm going to go ahead and totally agree with you on everything you just said right there. Yeah. It's it's phenom- it's phenomenal. I and that entire scene is is great. So I just yeah. I love Ragnar. I think it's hilarious. I think it's weird. Jeff Goldblum, I'm like way thirstier for Jeff Goldblum <laughs> than any 20 something should be, but he's <laughs> Great. He's just Jeff Goldblum in this movie. I don't even have know. you I, seen I, The Fly, madam? I, I, I don't think I don't. I think in this case, it seems like he showed up and was like, "So, uh, what do you want me to do?" And he was just like, "You uh, be you, dude." Yeah, it was more like, uh, "So, uh, what do uh, you want me uh, to do?" Uh. <laughs> right? I, yeah, I can't. I can't do the Goldblum. It was the perfect use of immigrant song by Led Zeppelin, by the way. Absolutely, could not have been it? better. Absolutely. Every time Thor shows up. I was I was disappointed in um, Infinity War. Since that point, anytime he shows up, steps out of anything, makes a surprise appearance, that song should play. And when it doesn't, I'm disappointed. Yeah, I'm almost glad though that it did wait until then because what a what a perfect moment! Like the way that that scene plays out, hearing that song, they're on a rainbow bridge. Bisexual icon Valkyrie is. Strutting down with like soldiers in the background with a sword. It's it's perfect. It's a beautiful scene. And it wouldn't have worked in Thor one and two. That song would have been totally out of place, right? Yeah, it would have been completely out of tone. Um, 
yeah, so definitely Ragnarok. All right, let's move on to The Dark Knight Rises, the 10 seed versus My Blade. My vote is so unimportant that we just skip Widow. me now. I yeah. love it. David, I love, I love you. <laughs> I'm going to assume you're going to say Ragnarok. Sure. Do you have any thoughts on first class? No. God damn it, man. <laughs> All right. Fuck, it was three to one. What are you going to do? Nothing. Just move on. <laughs> Fuck. Dark Knight Rises, 2012 versus Blade, 1998. Uh, Marvel's first... Superhero movie, wasn't it? There was The Punisher with Dolph Lundgren. Oh, yes, that's right. We shouldn't make this list. Right. Neither so, all right, so let's go, uh, Chris. Yeah, this was, a, I held off on making a decision on this one. Um, I, don't, I don't think The Dark Knight Rises is a particularly great film. I think it had great scope. Um, I think it, it presented itself in a way that was very self-important. But I think the more I watched it, the more I just kind of just didn't like the choices it made. So uh, I can't say I have watched Blade in a long time, but it did something different. I mean, you had a black superhero. I think that was important at the time. Um, I think Blade 2 was a pretty good film, thanks in part to the strength of Blade 1. You know, Stephen Dorff sold hard in that film. I mean, he went for it. Uh, makeup wearing vampires out in the sun, like it's creative. Uh, I'm going Blade. Okay. CJ, what's up? Uh, the Dark Knight Rises is kind of a disappointing follow-up to The Dark Knight. I really love Anne Hathaway's Catwoman. She's the best part of that movie. She's phenomenal. Uh, she looks just like Julie Newmar, it, it, design-wise, yeah. and uh, she's giving you vamp, she's giving you vixen, she's giving you all that stuff, and I think that she works. The rest of the movie really doesn't. Um, it, they're trying to do too much. She was uh, trying to capitalize on sort of the anti-capitalist sentiments that have been growing in the America in the uh, last like decade or so uh, and mixing that in with a lot of anarchist stuff that just didn't work as well as the sort of sowing of chaos that Heath Ledger and Chris Nolan uh, put together for the villain of the Dark Knight so that uh, that doesn't really work. Uh, Blade however you know that's arguably Wesley Snipes most iconic role outside of like New Jack City he, he's great in it. Uh, he is just the uh, epitome of cool. He was the second black man I ever saw do a karate kick. He is great in... Oh, Rudy Ray Moore in Dolomite. Dolomite, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so I had, I had uh, right. uh, you know, cable access television. Barry Gordy's Last Dragon. I didn't see that until I was in high school. Ah, uh, there you go. That's a good one. We need to do a show about that someday. I Man, I am so down for a four-hour show about The Last Dragon. You just <laughs> named the time and place. I used to loan that DVD out to people, and they were like, what the hell have you given me? What I was like, just it? watch it. Yes. It's worth it. I know. It's amazing. Show enough. Show enough. All right, uh, Michael? Wasn't uh, wasn't that just here? Didn't he, like, Time Walk was just here, like, yes. yeah, not last long ago. year? Last year, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, they did it at the I, Alamo. I that, but I went to the one he was at before. Uh, I like The Dark Knight Rises. Um, I wish it had subtitles for Bane because I don't know why they insisted on Tom Hardy slurring his words. Or, <laughs> <laughs> I was born in the dark. I liked it visually, but I also agree Back that... to the people. I also agree that Blade was a much 
uh, more important film. And I think by the time Dark Knight Rises, I think Christopher Nolan was kind of tired of it. And he I don't think he like, wanted to make the movie at all. Without yeah. Heath, I think he was like, I'm not making the movie I was going to make, so yeah. I don't want to do this. And they yeah, threw a bunch of money. We're like, everybody wants you to come back. Exactly. Well, damn, exactly. that kind of makes my heart break. So I would vote for Blade. Yeah, I'm, I'm also going to vote for Blade. Um, I probably don't dislike The Dark Knight Rises as much as a lot of people do, but that's also because I am a Batman person. So I generally enjoy them just because they're Batman movies. But um, Bane isn't one of my favorite Batman villains, um, so that wasn't going to be a draw, and it made some weird choices. Um, I am going to take the stance, however, that the Bane voice is not the worst voice that Tom Hardy has done in a Marvel movie because I hate that they made him use an American accent in Venom. I have a lot of opinions about forcing Venom. actors to not use their native accents for no reason. So, like, at least they let him be British <laughs> because I don't think his American accent's particularly good. Um, but I do, like, Blade is one of those... Um, it's, it's, it's among a group of other movies, which includes... Um, the Hellboy movies and the Mad Max movies that I watched with my uncle when I was a kid that, like, I was probably too young to watch and my mother did definitely did not know that we were watching them, but he was like, come on, kid, I'm going to show you some good cinema, and we, <laughs> we watched Mad Max and Gremlins, and, and Blade was one of them, so I loved it because it was kind of like, oh, I'm probably not supposed to be watching this because there's, like, blood and stuff, but I like vampires and I, I like Blade, so I'm, I'm going with that over The Dark Knight Rises. Excellent. All right, uh, Blade's going to move on. David, do you have any thoughts on these two? Um, I, I would have picked Blade, but I, I want to defend The Dark Knight Rises here a, a little more than, than most. Um, I think it gets overlooked for... Um, it, it has one of the most... Um, important Batman Bruce Wayne learns about who Batman and Bruce Wayne really is. When he's having that moment where he is battered and and broken in this, you know, dungeon prison thing and he has to figure out how to get up, uh, which, which, you know, that was his dad's big thing in the first one. Why do we fall down, Bruce? So we can learn to pick ourselves up. And, and this is, he is at rock bottom. He has absolutely nowhere to go but up um, and the conversation with Bane about um, you know being you know born in the darkness versus adopting it um, that's exactly what Bruce had to learn to do when his parents died was how do I move on how do I how do I become what I want to become and and travel that path um, so I think Dark Knight Rises um, as, as far as who Batman and Bruce Wayne is, I think it's a, a hugely underrated. I think that was a vastly important film for that. There is a pit in some country somewhere that seems to be state-run where you just throw prisoners in the ground. And there's a little mini-society that runs inside of it. And we're just going to get tossed in there and fight our way out of it. There's a whole movie about, like, what the hell is this? Whole, what, yeah. what do we got? The prison? What is this prison? Who's, who sanctioned this? Does the UN know about this? <laughs> We're just throwing people in this hole in the ground? The UN knows about a lot of things that it doesn't apparently give a shit about. Yeah, so that's my Well, let's not get too real world on this. All I'm saying is I never, you know what, David, I'm going to stop here. 
I, I think I'm dangerously close to insulting you. Okay, go for it. No, I just, I, 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 I think I, I already made my point inaction. known. I, I just, that never, I just, I never bought into the, the hole in the ground prison. Okay, fair All enough. All right. Well, let's move on before David gets slapped. I was going to say, at least there was no Sarlacc. In that oh, that would have been great. <laughs> that's, a, that's a slant against Return of the Jedi. I know, I'm just saying, that's probably where it originated. Uh, last you matchup in this there. region is Aquaman <laughs> versus X2. X-Men United, X2 is the two seed, Aquaman the 15. Um, Chris, what do you think? Uh, yeah, people lost their mind for Aquaman, but I definitely wasn't one of them. Uh, I think X2 of the X-Men films that we've had is, is far and away the best X-Men film we've ever seen. Um, I think they figured out what worked about that crew and what didn't, and I think the story was compelling. Um, I think Brian Cox as Stryker was an inspired choice. Um, they, I, I think everybody was fi firing on all cylinders, and I think uh, more than the first X-Men film, X2 made Hugh Jackman what he is today. All right, CJ, you're up. Um, one of my biggest problems with the X-Men films is that they take one of the most colorful corners of the Marvel Universe and uh, turn it into this sort of drab dominatrix nonsense visually, uh, which never really spoke to me. Beyond that, though, I really do, do think that X2 is the best X-Men film, uh, far and away. It is uh, wonderful. I, uh, Brian Cox is great in it. Uh, Stuart and McKellen are, are, are amazing. And Hugh Jackman's Wolverine is so popular for a reason. He's super compelling as a screen presence. Uh, just the physical nature of his performance is really interesting just to look at. Uh, that being said... You know what's great? Aquaman. Um, <laughs> I, I knew you were going to love this one. <laughs> Aquaman is the most expensive uh, episode of Hercules, the legendary journeys that I have ever seen in my life. Uh, it, if you, I'm a big DC person. If you like Aquaman, any iteration of Aquaman, I'm talking comics from the 40s, Super Friends television series, the Justice League, the 90s comics, anything you want from Aquaman, there is some part of that represented in that movie. It is big. It is dumb. It had no choice but to be dumb because it is about Aquaman, and it steered into the dumb so hard that you can't not love it. Obviously, some people do not love it, but more people agree with me, so that's important. I'd like to beg to differ. <laughs> I did not love anything about this in any way, shape, or form, and Aquaman is, without a doubt, the worst comic book character <laughs> written, <laughs> produced, still sold in stores, it is an awful character from start to begin. It's not even campy fun. It's not. I mean, it is. Oh, you Aquaman talk, is a high camp talk, bitch. You, what are you talking no, about? You fished. Oh, fuck There off. is an octopus playing out of my bongo drums yeah, in that I mean, movie. Yeah. The octopus playing the bongos. No. Come no. On. It is fantastic. Can't be as shark repellent. There is a there is a hologram scoreboard during a Triton duel. That's good. That is great. You are wrong. Wow. I am so sorry, oh, sir. Michael I, uh, Smith. I don't feel the least Where's your bad. vote? I didn't see Aquaman. No, I'm not sure I, if I want to or if I do want to. And see, that's the interesting thing about dinosaurs in the middle of the I might just watch planet. Julie Andrews is a racist sea kraken creature in it. It's great. <laughs> I'll just watch half of it then. There you go. Uh, I would go, uh, because I haven't seen Aquaman, I would vote for... Uh, the X-Men, and also I do also feel it was the best film, and, yeah. and I think it was 
the film that really cemented Hugh Jackman as as uh, not only as leading a man guy, popular character, but as a popular actor. And I'm sure Doug Ray Scott is kicking himself wherever right. he is for turning down the role to do a Mission Impossible movie. Well, it ran long. Yeah. Mission Impossible 2, it just, I think it ran long, and he was like, man, I can't make it until X and X month. And they were like, well, sorry, dude, we're, our schedule's fixed. Michael, what's up? Well, I haven't seen Aquaman yet. Oh, I thought we were going to get a tie. Good I thought, job. I thought, Good David's, job. I thought David's so vote was getting ready to matter. desire. I would watch Jason Momoa do literally anything. But I have seen the X-Men movie, and it is the best one. So, Man, and I, and I like, that is where my, my love of James Marsden was born from, was his, it was him, and I think he's an underrated. Yours and only yours from mine that movie. And only mine. Yeah, I know, I know, I'm in the minority <laughs> on that one. Um, I ride for James Marsden, I just want to put that out there. Ah, so not alone, he's great. Me too, not just, right. just not in the X-Men movies. <laughs> I like his Cyclops, I, um, so, and I, and I like Famke Jensen as, um, Jean Grey too, and, 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 this, and the second one is the best one. More than so, Sophie Turner. Um, so by virtue of having not seen Aquaman, I got to give it to the X-Men. Talk to me in a while after I sit down and watch Aquaman because all of it sounds monumentally stupid in the best way. <laughs> Can't wait to watch it. But <laughs> All right, David, you've already said your piece. You got anything to add for X2? I have spoken. Yeah. All right. So let's move on to the cinematic universe. Uh, the number one is Superman from 1978, which really is the almost like the godfather of superhero movies, uh, versus the Wolverine, which was the, we might make an R-rated Wolverine, but we're kind of freaked out, so we're just going to give you this instead, movie. Uh, Mike could go first. Um, the Wolverine is terrible. Yeah. So I'm moving for Superman. All right. Michael. Um, Superman the movie brings back so many memories for me uh, standing in line for two hours to buy a ticket then standing in line another two hours to get in the theater it was the first movie I'd gone to that had intermission Uh, the intermission came when he's in the Fortress of Solitude and Marlon Brando does his spiel and he flies and he banks across the screen and the lights came up and the audience cheered Uh, I thought uh, Christopher Reeve uh, was brilliant uh, it still remains today my favorite superhero movie, so I will definitely go with Superman. All right, CJ. Uh, I am gonna go Superman one because uh, the Wolverine apparently is so great. I don't remember anything about it, uh, but I have to go with Superman because it is not only a great superhero movie; it's a classic of American cinema, yeah. in my opinion. It is silly, it is larger than life, it is sexy, it is all of these things, everything you could want from a movie wrapped up in one. And Christopher Reeve, I don't, I think people take him for granted just because he was sort of the first big pop culture, like worldwide pop culture Superman, right? And but he is so affable. He oozes personality. He looks at Margot Kidder the way everyone should have somebody look at them once in their lives. Uh, Superman the movie is a bonkers American classic, and nobody can tell me different. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I'm I'm with what they said. You know, it's it's hard to to overstate this film. I mean, it's it's worth a lot. I think in all the ways that they've said. Um, you know, I was born uh, at the same time, and I remember growing up with Superman being Christopher Reeve, and uh, and Star Wars. And no, I mean, this is this guy was one of my first heroes. Um, it's an important film. I think you know you, you can see some of the cracks when you look at it with a with a modern sort of sensibility about how they make films and we're so spoiled now by anything you think you can create with CGI but back then like they they did the wire tricks and they I mean they really figured it out yeah you're building cities that you know until somebody points out to you that those are only you know four inches tall you don't realize it they were they did something amazing with this film uh they didn't do something amazing with the wolverine so uh yeah i'm taking the number one seat here all right david we're gonna move on you ready anything to add there i will add that uh for me superman is the most vulnerable of all of these um, number one seeds. This one is the one that's on upset watch for me um, later on uh, and, and one I'm anxious to keep an eye on. All right. So let's go with another Captain America movie. The first Avenger from 2011 versus uh, the second Guardians of Galaxy Volume 2 from 2017. Micah, go. This one is really hard for me. I really like both of these movies. Um, I think the emotional notes in particular that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 are really great. Um, that said, I, I am going to go with Captain America, the first Avenger. I think it is one of the more um, underrated MCU films. I think it's really good. Um, I think it's a good origin story. I think it sets Steve up really well as a very um, likable hero that isn't super one-note. Um, Stanley Tucci is there, which is great. <laughs> um, you gotta love Tucci. Uh, I we wish love we the had, Tucci. I, I wish we had gotten more Haley Atwell in the rest of the MCU, and I wish that, which obviously by the nature of how Captain America works... I understand why we didn't get I, more. I bet of her Disney's of thinking that same thing as they had put her in a more modern setting so they could yeah, use her more. I wish I wish they had done something to where we could have had more of her and I wish that her TV show had run longer because Peggy Carter is one of my favorite MCU characters full stop. Like she is phenomenal. Um so I wish we could have gotten more of her. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's going to have to be Captain America. Sometime I'll have to show you guys the awkward family photo we got with Haley Atwell a few years ago at uh, Planet Comic Con. Oh, my gosh, yes. Um, my two youngest and I got our picture taken with her. And I don't know, man, at one point she reached up and kind of put her kind of hand on my, and I kind of I made a face <laughs> when she touched me. And the guy kind of goes, all right, ready? And I was all like, you know, had my look. And then... And then when he actually snapped it, it got this kind of dorky. I mean, it looks like just the <laughs> dumbest shit ever. Fantastic. So, but it's amazing. It's show moment. us where she touched you. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a family show ish. All right. Um, Michael Smith. I'll go Captain America. Also, um, I think he was uh, even more than Iron Man. I think he was uh, the Marvel character that you could really, really root for. You never. You didn't. You know, you like Tony Stark, but hey, he's kind of smart, this and that. 
and Captain America was exactly what his name was. He was the all-American hero that you rooted for. CJ. This is very hard for me as well, uh, because two of these are within my top three favorite Marvel movies the, uh, Mar in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, I love the Captain America, the first Avenger film. It is built to evoke 1950s adventure serials. It is it, made for you know, people who miss that kind of stuff. Chris Evans is really effective as that character, way more effective than I thought he had the capacity to be, given what he had done previous uh, to Captain America, the first Avenger. And uh, it, it just feels warm. It feels like comfort food when you watch it. Uh, however, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 uh, is a M80 of emotions. I love it. Has a ton of dad stuff. Sucker for dad stuff. Uh, and uh, you got to go deeper with those characters. I, I, I'm actually, it's weird, I'm not a big fan of the original Guardians of the Galaxy, okay. but the second one hit me in such a way that I, I, I really have trouble explaining properly. It is compelling, it is, uh, it is yanking tears out of your eyes by the ducks, and I, uh, I, I can't say enough good stuff about it. It's great. All right, so we got a two-to-one one contest here. Chris, you can be the tie or the the the, the sealant here. <laughs> well, I've <laughs> never wanted to be the sealant before. Uh, I, this is a tough this is a tough call. Um, I think I have, uh, and others have said this before me. Um, you know, Chris Evans, I appreciated him. He was like the surprise in terms of the whole Marvel thing. Sure. Um, he came out of uh, the Fantastic Four films. I knew him from, um, you know, a couple other films before that, but I didn't really think much of him. And then he took on the mantle of Captain America. And, um, it, you know, I think that's one of the roles that means something to me and probably to a lot of other people. Um, and he did it so incredibly well. But if you take Chris Evans out of Captain America, the first Avenger, and you put somebody with less charisma in there who doesn't maybe fit as well, I don't think it's, it's as good a movie. I think it's a middling movie. Whereas I think Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is, it is a surprise. I think the more I watch it, the more I appreciate that film. I think it hits a lot of different notes. Um, I think it sets up a lot of really important relationships, kind of like CJ was saying. Uh, so I'm going with Guardians. Ooh, look whose vote matters. Wake up, David. We've discussed this movie many, many times so I don't think people are going to be surprised. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was fun. It was okay. I'm, I, it, CJ's talking about emotions, and I, I, I guess I failed to relate to... You have none. I, no, you are dead. I, I am a ginger, soulless so. ginger. We've established this fact. Thanks for pointing that out. Um, so, yeah, I don't feel feelings like other people do. Um, but I'll tell you what. Uh, Captain America, um, the first Avenger... The first 30 minutes of that film are as good as anything else in, in the Marvel world. Um, when you get to know um, Captain America prior to that, when he's just little old Steve who can do this all day, um, that's the kid 
um, that's the spirit that picks up Thor's hammer. That's where uh, it all begins, and and that's as important of a piece uh, in the Marvel puzzle as there is. So I'm I'm going Captain America. Excellent. That's that's an interesting matchup for the second round too. Yeah, I think the right film won here. Maybe not the better film. Yeah, the right film. Correct. I'll agree. I'll say this for Captain or for Captain America or yeah for Captain America the First Avenger. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 does not have the song Star Spangled Man in it. And that song's amazing. I mean, <laughs> he holds up a motorcycle with three girls sitting on top of it while fireworks I mean, and confetti explode. That's America. That's your inner fantasy. R- 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 I wish I could hold up a motorcycle. All right. There's so many things wrong with that scene, though. Moving on to Black Panther versus what I've considered one of the sleepers of this tournament, the Rocketeer. We talked about early comic book superhero movies. And this is one of the one of the early ones there. So, because it's right after Batman, and so Black Panther's the five, Rocketeer's the twelve. Micah, what do you got? So this one was a little rough for me too. Um, I had never seen the Rocketeer until CJ showed it to me not too long ago. Yeah, a couple of months ago, probably. And I did really enjoy it. Um, it's, a, it's a fun movie. But Black Panther, man. If you go by the visuals alone, like the, the colors, the design of Wakanda, the, the story it tells, and the, and the genuine conflict at the heart of it, um, I just think was so incredibly compelling. I think Michael B. Jordan was a really fantastic villain. I thought Killmonger was a fantastic villain that at the end of the day, yeah, he he's a, a bad dude, but he, he does make you think about it um, in ways that sometimes comic book villains don't. Like, he's not just a caricature of, like, you know, pure campy evil. Like, he, he did make you think a little bit, at least, even if you don't decide, you know, even if ultimately he's a bad guy. But, um... I just, I love the film. I think Letitia Wright is fantastic. I'm so excited to have her in the yeah. MCU. I think Shuri is a fantastic character. I think making the smartest person in your universe a black teenage girl is pretty incredible. Yeah. And so I love her as a character. And I think Chadwick Boseman is a different kind of charismatic. He's not flashy in the way that a Tony Stark is or even like a like a good old boy the way Captain America is. I think he is he brings this really stoic, grounded presence as a lead in the MCU that was a, a, a niche that was missing. So I just think it's a it's a great film. So The Rocketeer is great, though, but I, I gotta go Black Panther. All right, Michael, what's up? Uh, I did like The Rocketeer, but to compare it to a film that is a, a cultural icon that said so much... Uh, had so much of a message that that it took a movie to get the message out, and obviously to be the first comic book film to be nominated for an Oscar, uh, you have to definitely go with Black Panther. All right, CJ. Uh, the Rocketeer is one of my favorite movies. It is just it, it, again, it's like Cap- it's directed by Joe Johnson, who directed Captain America: yep. The First Avenger. It, it again is just like comfort food. It has Alan Arkin, who I love, Jennifer Connelly, who I love. It was one of the first movies I feel because I don't really like him as James Bond to figure out how to properly use Timothy Dalton. I think that that movie is just 
the bee's knees. However, uh, <laughs> um, Black Panther, again, was a cultural movement, but I, I really want to speak to the specificity of Black Panther. This is a, uh, a cast of, of, of dark-skinned Black performers performing superheroics. This is Afrofuturism on screen in a, a Western-produced movie for the very first time, really. Uh, you had... It was... Angela Bassett is in it. Uh, uh, Forrest Whitaker is in it. Letitia Wright, like you said, all of these multi generations of people uh, that you know you just love to see. Uh, all of the warriors are and and scientists are all wearing protective African hairstyles, which makes sense in the context of the film. There, it just, the specificity there to go to something that you've always wanted to see yourself reflected in, see yourself as a part of, and have have it come out and explicitly say, you can be a part of this, you are a part of this, you and the people who look like you and your family and your friends are a part of this is so important that I, can't, I don't think that it can be understated. And it also just happens to be a really fun and compelling movie on top of that. So Black Panther. Daphne Ball, what's up? Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. I mean, it's an important film. It is a relevant film. I think it, it, it does a lot. I think that it is um, imaginative. Uh, you know, I think it, it managed to work on a lot of different levels. Um, however, if you're asking me which film is, I enjoy more, you know, it's The Rocketeer. Yeah, I think The Rocketeer, for me, is the more compelling film. You know, if you... I can remember distinctly the, the feelings I had coming out of both of those films, and only one of them made me want to stand up and cheer. I think The Black Panther made me think. I think it, I think it was more involving from sort of an introspective or intellectual level, as well as having some great action, some great actors. But if you tell me that Black Panther 2 is coming out the same weekend as The Rocketeer 2, I'll see both of them, but I'm setting an alert for The Rocketeer, so that's my vote. Uh, David, uh, Black Panther is going to move on. Do you have any thoughts on this one? The Black Panther was a more socially impactful movie and it's not about the movie it's about everything else that went around this movie who they picked um to to run the show um the the cast the crew um all of the filmmakers um it's a movie that um a dad will take their kid to who will see themselves on the screen for the first time and that's going to be somebody that's standing up winning an award for a movie they made 15 20 years down the road that's the impact that this movie had for me if you look at strictly the movie meh you made The Lion King. You made a derivative movie of, of so many things that have come before. Um, it, 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 it did very little for me as a fan looking up at the screen and seeing that movie. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go Rocketeer on this one. That's the one that I would have um, rather paid to see. Uh, either way, Black Panther's moving on. I, I know. <clears throat> All right, Hancock. Nazis in The Rocketeer, too. That's great. I, I, always fun punching Nazis. Hancock is the 13 seed. It's going up against uh, the big movie of the year, I guess, this year anyway, Avengers Endgame. Uh, kind of tying all those Marvel threads together. Micah, Endgame, or So this is Hancock. Um, one where I'm picking just based on the movie that I just liked it better. 
Is Endgame a better film uh, craft-wise than Hancock? Eh, I don't know. It's been a while since I watched Hancock. It was fine for me. Um, but Endgame just had such an emotional impact for me, which is what it's designed to do. It is three hours of fan service. I, I know this. <laughs> but it was three hours of fan service that I kind of dug. Um, it had its You're moments the fan. That yeah. I, yeah, yeah. It had its moments that I did not, that I, that I thought were a little too over-the-top um, fan service-y. But that said, overall, it was an emotional and enjoyable watching experience for me um, in a way that Hancock is just like a movie I would go see. I like the people in Hancock. I like um, Charlize Theron. I like Will Smith. It's... Um, Interesting. Um, Jason Bateman's in it, and I think he's pretty, he's funny in that movie. Um, so it's not a bad movie, but it just isn't on the scale that Endgame was. Um, so I, on this one, I'm going to have to make the emotional choice and go with Endgame. Oh, same thing Michael, here up. with uh, Endgame. Um, to sit there in a the theater with my son, who's closer to, much closer to your age, um, and the both of us to sit there and, and openly cry at the end. I mean, you're, you're, you're crying over people you've never met, you'll never will meet, but you have such an emotional investment in them that it's, it was just, it's still, to me, it's one of the best films uh, still of this year. And um, I just think it's, it's, a, and it's a, also a tribute to the other 21 movies that came before it. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it wasn't like, you know, we mentioned earlier the Dolph Lundgren Punisher and even some of the, the later Superman sequels that they were just, just making them to make a buck and they didn't care. And now they're quality films and they're paying attention to them. And to pull off what they did over 22 films is amazing. So I'm definitely going Endgame. All right. Endgame 2-0. CJ, you're up. Oh, uh, for me, uh, Hancock is uh, one of many exercises in trying to find an actress that Will Smith has romantic chemistry with. We still haven't found it. Uh, <laughs> uh, Avengers Endgame, however, again, yeah, it's this culmination of this thing, but it hit me in very specific ways. I, I think it's probably the last of these Marvel Cinematic Universe movies that I'll probably engage with, with the, in the same way that I've engaged with the Marvel Cinematic Universe for the past 10 years. Uh, and I think that it made the entire experience worth it. It has America's ass. It has, uh, and, and also there is a track for Thor in it that is so interesting and so good. Ever since I saw Thor, the Dark World, and Thor Ragnarok, he lost all of this stuff. And Thor Ragnarok, I always read as him being, uh, having high-functioning depression. Yeah. And they paid that off in this movie. And I enjoyed the hell out of it. And Endgame is, is where it's at. There you go. All right. Uh, Endgame's going to move on unless Chris or David, not unless Chris or David, if you have anything to, to punctuate on that. Yeah, I would. I'm going to choose Endgame, but I'd like to speak for a moment in defense of Hancock. Uh, organically, David and I had a conversation about Hancock a couple of weeks ago. It was not spurred on by this. We just brought up Hancock and we spent a day going back and forth about how Hancock was kind of cool, uh, that it did some cool stuff. 
that it was really a film, a tale of two cities, if you will. The first half is terrific. The second half, tonal shift, kind of gets bogged down a little bit in the mire. But uh, there's some good stuff going on in Hancock. Uh, sexual tension? No, probably not. But, uh, you know, it was one of the early deconstructions of the superhero genre in film, and I think they found some cool things to hit on. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm voting Endgame. Yeah. All right, Endgame's going to move on. Good to go. All right, uh, next up is Red versus Logan. Logan versus is the three seed. Red's the 14. Micah, what you got? I am picking what I assume is probably the underdog here. It's definitely seated lower, but um, it's a little bit of two things. One, I haven't actually seen Logan yet, oh. um, but that is also by design. I don't really have any desire to see Logan. Um, I don't, it, it doesn't look like my sort of thing. The X-Men aren't my particular favorite um, segment of, super, of Marvel heroes anyway, and uh, it just doesn't, it looks super dark, super gritty, and it doesn't look like my sort of thing. So, like, I, yes, I haven't seen Logan, but I also, like, have intentionally not seen Logan. Whereas Red, I think is fun. Yeah, it is a, a fun blast. movie. Helen Mirren is there, and she's everything I want to be when I'm John Malkovich, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, John Malkovich is great in those. So, yeah, I'm, I'm picking Red. I think it's really fun. Michael, Whereas Logan up? does not look fun. I enjoyed Logan. I thought it was finally Wolverine the way he's always been depicted. He was sure. able to be violent and, and uh, mean and uh, but show a little heart. But I also agree that, that Red was fun. And, you know, if I had to go home today and there was one or the other, I would definitely watch Red. All right. Could have, a, could have an upset here. Uh, hi. Yeah. Hi, so, CJ. What's up, man? <laughs> um, CJ's like, oh, I'm uh, there are a lot of issues that people tend to have with the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. They think that they feel a little samey and stuff. There's all they're always fighting a version of themselves at the end of the movie, sure. and they have all these tropes that people seem to rag on. It's interesting that this movie, that Logan, is so popular when it has all of those tropes, but it's just punctuated by Hugh Jackman graphically stabbing people in the face. So apparently that makes it good. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Logan. Can't say it's really dour. It's I and the performances in it are great, but that's not enough to make me again sit through Hugh Jackman over and over again graphically stabbing people in the face. However, Red has the Dame Helen Mirren Ooh. shooting Glock nines at folks. It's great. So, uh, I just, you know, personal interest, I got to go red. Wow. I, I am, am shocked. blown I'm away shocked. right now. The first major upset of this the tournament. This is huge. Red has knocked off Logan. I mean, I fucking love it. That's why we do this shit. That's why they play the games, right, kids? Never underestimate Dame Helen Mirren. Wow. <laughs> you can't. I mean, wow. So, David, I don't know what your opinion would have been on this. Actually, I do. I did. Logan. Right? Yeah. I mean, far and away, hands down. I thought Logan would run away with this one. So I thought three might even be a bit low for Logan. And that was a problem that Tim and I had. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted Logan at least on the two line, at least. You know, CJ talked about, like, he's a sucker for dad relationships. I think, I think the Charles Xavier-Logan relationship in this film is one of the most real portrayals of losing a, a, a father that you're going to see. Most people don't have the tragic... I get, very few 
thankfully have the tragic sort of before the time. Most of us are going to have to deal with a parent who grows old and, and the difficulty of that relationship. And I think that that was, it, it was tough to watch. It was brave. I thought Logan was, was a kick-ass Western reinvented as a comic book hero. But you know what? The tournament goes on. Red it is. Yeah. What the hell? Red it is. All right. Uh, the next one up is Sin City, the sixth seed, versus X-Men Days of Future Past, the 11. Uh, Micah, you want to go real quick? Yeah. Um, I went with Sin City on this one. Um, I like Sin City. I like... I, I think... It's showing by now that I like things that are, like, hyper-stylized. Um, so I think that comic book adaptations that lean into that I really enjoy. So I liked the how, how stylized Sin City. I thought the, like, um, kind of anthology setup of it was interesting. Um, and Days of Future Past, again, like the, like the other, the... Uh, what's the first one called? That's how much of an impact it had. First class, yes, that it is. That thank you. <laughs> like that one, not terribly memorable for me. Um, they're fine, they're fine, but I think Sin City is a much more interesting take on the comic book genre than the new gen X Men movies are. Michael, you're up. Uh, I'd also agree. I would pick Sin City. Uh, I thought it was very stylish. Um, I love the way it was presented on screen, and um, I'm just a big fan of Mickey Rourke, and I really enjoy uh, pretty much anything he does on screen. I thought it was a very, uh, very good performance by him, so I would take Sin City. All right, Sin City's up two zip there. CJ, what's up? I'm also going to go Sin City. Uh, I think that, again, the stylization of it is really great. Uh, it's also the only f one of the two Frank Miller adaptations that I think really works. And uh, the performances all around from Mickey Rourke to Elijah Wood. Really great in that movie. Yeah. X-Men Days of Future Past is populated by a bunch of people who don't want to be there. Uh, Jennifer Lawrence does not want to be there. No. James McAvoy is sort debatable. of going it's through debatable. the motions. Yeah. Paychecks. Yeah, yeah I agree. Know, it's, uh, and... I, I don't like that they took what was essentially Kitty Pride's story and just gave it to Hugh Jackman because yeah. people like True. Hugh Jackman more than Ellen Page. I like Ellen Page. That would have been cool to see her lead that movie. I agree. Uh, but yeah, that, I guess that's my personal baggage. <laughs> Me bring it yeah. back there. All right. So Sensei is going to move on. Uh, if you guys have anything to say, say it now. David, I got nothing. Chris? I'll say Sin City did a great job setting up um, the way for for other movies to look like graphic novels. Sure. Which you envision a graphic novel to look like in your brain. Um, that's what you know they spit out with Sin City, and I and I, I like that that uh, kind of paved the way. All right, uh, Batman the movie is the ten seed. It's going to get up against Doctor Strange the seven seed. Batman the movie from 1966. Adam West, Burt Ward. Versus Benedict Cabr Cabbage Patch. Benedict Cumberbatch. That's not his name. I love I, I love it when we do. I believe it's pronounced like Benadryl Panty Snatch. There uh, we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Micah, Batman the movie versus uh, Doctor Strange. Oh, I went with Batman. All right. Uh, Batman's usually going to win in any of these matchups. I mean, <laughs> that's it's, you know, it's the OG. I mean, when it comes to all these, yeah. it was, you know, maybe... 
Uh, Mike, what do you got? Having uh, probably spent my 50 cents, which probably included a popcorn and a drink back then, at the theater to see the Batman movie, I'll definitely go Batman. Um, Adam West was, was the Batman for me growing up, and we were talking about the last Batman film. I remember uh, when they first went into production, they announced it. Uh, Adam West showed up. Alan Thicke used to have a talk show, and Adam West showed up in the costume trying to get people to, to uh, do like a write-in vote to have him play, uh, play Batman in the movie. Nice. So definitely Batman. And he used shark repellent. Come on. <clears throat> CJ, what's up? Oops. Just breaking stuff. Are we all right? I'm going to step in for CJ while he, while he recovers here. <laughs> all right. uh, yeah, this is, this is an interesting matchup. You know, I, I kind of feel the same way about Doctor Strange that I did about Black Panther. It's an important film. The visuals were really cool. I thought they did a great job bringing to life a character who's kind of trippy or different or, or just doesn't look like what we've gotten in terms of superhero films. But um, I don't know. I, I, I thought of this in a straight-up basketball uh, world as like, this is basically Dr. J dunking on Kyrie Irving. Um, it's probably going to look a little strange to see Dr. J out there in a full afro with the short shorts, but uh, he's got the swagger. I think, uh, I think Batman uh, 66 is, is the winner on this one. All right, Batman. Uh, and I, just to add, I'm just going to go Batman as well. Batman, uh, Adam West is my Batman. I love that movie, and I love him. And Batman I have the movie. Stuff. Over Doctor Strange. I, yeah, my daughter's going to be so disappointed that Doctor Strange didn't make it out of the first round. Her cosplay, that takes nothing away from the but, awesomeness that is her cosplay. Right, right. All right, but it happened. All right, now another one. Batman Begins, the two seed here. Versus Iron Man 3, which is the 15. Micah, what do you like better? So, surprise us. I'm not going to surprise you. <laughs> I think... Yeah, try again. Okay. Closer. Is it on? You might have turned it off. There you go. Oh, are we there, on? Did there you go. It. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Mics are hard. I record my own podcast on a blue snowball. Awesome. You're all right. Go for it. Iron Man 3 okay, versus yeah, Batman yeah. Begins. Um, I'm not going to surprise anyone on this one. Um, Batman Begins is, um, I don't want to, like, shoot my shot too early, but it is my favorite superhero it movie. Might be the best I think one. it is the best one, and we can get more into it later if, we, if it makes no. it past this round. But um, I think Iron Man 3 is great. I think it's the best of the Iron Man movies. Um, and it's a really good MCU entry, but Batman Begins, man. It's, it's the best origin story that we've got. It's so good. Michael. Batman as well. Batman? Uh, I love Batman Begins. I, I personally believe it is the best of Nolan's trilogy. Uh, great origin story, all that stuff. Uh, and so that's going to be my vote. I will say Iron Man 3 is spectacular. People always say that they want the Marvel movies to be more director-driven, to be more vision-driven, yeah. to be, have more of a personality. And they got that. Everybody decided that they hated it, and now they're all kind of looking the same. So it's, uh, it, Iron Man 3 is great, but I got to go Batman against. I agree. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that as well. I mean, I, look, I'm piling on at this point, but uh, I remember where I was and what I was doing and who I was with when I saw Batman Begins because it struck me as one of the better films of any genre that I've seen in a long time, and I think it, 
I think it really marked Christopher Nolan as being able to do something that was seriously mainstream. Christian Bale, it, it, it's, it's almost a perfect film, and, and I'm really excited to see how this number two seed performs going forward. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this first episode. We're going to come right back with our next episode follow-up. So stay tuned, hooligans.